and boom goes the dynamite. No, we'll get him in a minute. If ben. Hey, Ben, it's Dak and John from Day Trading Radio. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey, how you doing, Ben? I'm just John, yeah, sure. Day, Day Trader Rockstar here. You're live on the air. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we are big fans, and, um, you know, we've been w- working up to this interview. We, thank you very much for giving us. I know you're a busy person. Uh, I don't know how you. I don't know how you do it. It sounds like you have multiple personalities on the floor. <laughs> do you get that a lot? I do. I've been doing it for a long time, so it's it's a little bit easier than it seems. And and having done it for you know 15 years really helps out a lot too. Well, I tell you, the the information that you provide to the market seems invaluable. Uh, we were listening um, the other day, and. When you're able to describe that someone was going to come in and had more to buy, more to buy, more to buy, and it seems like the value that you give out there is there. And we have we have a few questions that we got from a lot of the listeners out there. I've been asking people to tweet in the questions and stuff. So we got a, you know, a few thousand people out here listening to you, and I've I've taken the best of the questions. So I'm just going to give you some questions. If that's great. Yeah, that'd be fine. All right. Um, basically, you know, when someone tunes into you, there a lot of people, newer traders are out there, and they think that this is uh, like Greek to them. They have no idea what they're hearing. First of all, you sound like someone from an auction, uh, an auction house. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very unique way of doing it. Um, what do you exactly call I'm going to start off with the basic questions. What exactly are you calling out down there? Um, you know, that's a really good question. It's, it's, it's a lot of just basically repetitious type kind of, it's, it is similar to like, sort of like a horse race or like an auction, um, that, you know, an auctioneer would call and, and, you know, in my opinion, everybody, hold on one sec. No problem. Excuse me. Everybody always asks, you know, where does this style come from? And I don't really have an answer. I just know that I remember back in the day. Excuse me. When I first started out doing this, I, um, you know, I used to kind of jokingly say to myself, "Gosh, you do kind of sound like a horse, you know, race caller, and you might as well just keep it up." And yeah. and basically, it, it is an auction, you know, that's occurring openly in the pit. Um, you know, there's constantly bids, there's constantly offers in the pit. Um, and, and, you know, frequently, less frequently than the bids and the offers, there's actually trades. And I always make it clear to people, you know, first-time listeners especially, that there's a big difference between bids and offers and trades. You know, a, a bidder is not a buyer until you actually find a seller. And, you know, the joke on the trading floor years and years and years ago used to be, you know, as this market was rallying, um, you know, the phones would start lighting up and everybody would want to know what was going on. And, and you know, the clerks on the floor would jokingly re- reply to their customers who were asking why we're going higher, and they would say there's more buyers than sellers. Yeah, yeah. And that's never the case. There's never a more buyers than sellers. There's a more aggressive buyer um, or more aggressive seller. But anytime you imply buyer, you imply that there's a seller on the other side of it. So, But what happens in the pit is there's a lot more of, like, bid-offer activity, which is actually helps kind of move prices a little bit. And that's really... What the local's job is, is to help facilitate trade and to, once he's done that, um, he, his job is to really to, uh, um, to, at that point, he tries to manipulate price in order to, you know, work it in his favor. And that doesn't always work for them, very similar to like a car dealership, how they, you know, they're buying basically your used vehicle and, and hoping to sell you a new vehicle all day long. Well, 
there's times where even though they, they lowball you on the used vehicle and they, they sell you the new vehicle more than it, to you for more than it's worth, there's times where, you know, even though, again, they lowball you on that used vehicle, there's times where they actually do lose money on that car. You know, for example, a guy buys whatever XYZ brand or, or make and model of a car, and for $2,000, he thinks he's going to be able to resell it for 3500 or $4,000. Throws the thing up on the lift and realizes that you know in his evaluation or in his uh, um, you know test drive of the car, he neglected to see that the um, you know the the block is cracked or something like that or the transmission you know uh, needs some work or something like that and so that that's just added expense to him and possibly you know turns his his great buy into kind of an average or even possibly a loser, you know, a small loser. But for the most part, the local job is, again, just to kind of do that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times over and and hopefully make a small profit on each one, not necessarily a large profit on one of the trades. Can, we so, get, can I ask you a question? What is the definition of a local? Uh, a local is really just the middleman. He's really just there to help facilitate trade. He helps bridge the gap between a buyer and seller and are they, are they banks very, are they like when we hear you call like goldman's here to buy stuff we know that those are big institutions is there a difference yeah, between it, the bigger it's really locals versus the institutions locals are there to take on the other side of the institutions and of the retail you know think you can think of a local he's very similar to a car dealership okay okay to the to the salesman sitting behind the desk um He's basically there to help facilitate trade between the large guy and the little guy. The little guy being you, me, and, and most other people that we know being, you know, kind of small one-lot type retail type traders. The large guy being the factory in the car and the auto industry, or here it's the institutional type player. So, for example, if you want to buy a car, you don't go to the factory to buy your car. You know, you go to the middleman. The middleman helps bridge the gap between the little guy, you, and the big guy, the factory, similar to here. If, if if I come in and buy one and, and I tell my broker to buy a one lot in the pit, most often he's not going to trade with Morgan Stanley. He's going to trade with the local, and the local really kind of helps facilitate that trade and, between, you know, Morgan yeah. and the little guy. Who does the local? To who the dealer, the factory, and the little guy? Who is the local working for? Where do they get in their orders Himself, from? They're self-employed. They're basically they're trading is, is the best way of thinking. Of All it. right. They're looking to buy low, sell high. So when you know? you're out, you're out there. You're sitting in your table. First of all, let me get some of the the, 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 the uh, how this is set up. You, do you have an office there? Do you have a spy scope? You're looking no, down. No, we've got a desk on the outside of the tr- on the outside of the pit. So um, you're similar like, to the, all the other desks that are out there. So you, you can know? actually and see. You're right next to the pit, and you can see that. Do you have to? Is this like a? Is this what you consider a seat on the exchange? Or do you have to just rent a desk? I mean, there's other people do this. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm a member of the exchange. You're a member so of the exchange. I, I have a seat that, I, that I'm that i on, and, and that gives me privileges to trade and to do the service. Now, when you're seeing this, there must be, again, you get to see the market over. You've been doing this so much, and you know who steps in. And is there, you know, and I want to go into some of these questions right now. First of all, you, you hear a lot of things. You talk about front, front spread, negative and positive spread. And paper coming uh, in. Yeah, that's that's just the rollover. You don't hear that all the time. Mostly, the, the spread that I'm talking about is the difference between, like right now, we just rolled out of the September contract, and the December became the front month, and it was a negative spread. So the ETH was trading lower than the September. Um, but but that that's that's once that's that's four times a year, and for only one week 
out of that, you know, at a, at a time during that four, you know, for four times a year. So the role isn't really what we focus most of our time and energy on. What is paper coming in? Paper coming in is uh, institutional activity that I don't know the house. There's times we'll see an, an order coming into the floor, and we just don't know if it's Morgan Merrill or who it is. But it's customer-type order that's coming in and, and outside influence. It's and how do, you, how do you tell an order is coming in? Well, because you see the billing broker, you know, right. executing an order. You see, okay. there, there's a few different ways that the orders come in um, to the trading floor, but there's there's multiple different ways to see them. Basically, you just it's 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 activity, you know. So, for example, the broker doesn't all of a sudden just decide I'm going to buy for customer X, Y, Z. He, he gets an order that comes in either through hand signals or a runner brings it up on a piece of paper and then he executes the order. So there's times where you can actually tell. It's, it, you're never 100% certain, but it's basically, you know, it's like watching one big live poker table. Yeah. Okay? Because everybody has a read. Everybody has their own kind of nervous sort of habits. Everybody has their own... You know, tells, if you will. So that brings that's me really all I'm sitting around doing is watching people's tells. You know, and there's some times where everything adds up and it and it and it becomes valuable. You know, you got local stuck short. Yep. Paper keeps buying. Locals eventually need to get out and they rush the thing higher. Yeah. You know, and and sometimes it's very there's there's rhyme and reason to it. At other times, it's completely random and completely chaos. Well, that's a good question because um, we've got a question here from Grant. Uh, please ask Ben for the, for the essential calls and comments that he makes to look. That, what what do you look out for? Like, what's the more significant calls to look out for if we hear you saying something? Um, you know what? I, I, I hear that question all the time, and I usually tell people one of the things you want to be looking for is the repetitious type activity from a paper player. For example, if Morgan Stanley comes in to buy, then it doesn't necessarily move the market. But if Morgan comes in, you know, and he comes in again, and he comes in again, and he comes in again, and then when he's quiet, you get a Smith Barney buyer, and when he's quiet, you get a, uh, you know, J.P. Morgan buyer, a Merrill Lynch buyer. So that's what you're looking for is that repetitious type activity that's reoccurring and has some energy associated with it. That, that for the most part. And then there's a lot of other little things that you can listen for, but that is a little bit more uh, granular, if you will, and so. You know, it, it, I think that initially for a kind of new, you know, a, a newbie-type beginner, um, you know, it's, it's important just to kind of listen and try and get a feel for paper versus the locals because it is a constant battle between paper and locals. We have a question here from Glenn. It says, I have a question for Ben. Is there some pattern in your speech or things that he points out that I can view as a sign of, of a bias of a long and short? In other words, is there something mm, how he calls good the Good question. Order? Good question. Not that I know of. I mean, I know I do a lot of, like, intonation and different type, um, you know, of energy associated with the quote, you know. But I, I think basically the most important element of that in terms of, it's a great question, but I think the most important thing to pick up on is just energy or lack thereof in the voice, not necessarily the way certain things are said or anything like that, because I don't put any real specific thought or, um, you know, yeah. direct energy into that. It, it's more you want to just be listening for energy or lack thereof. Okay. Um, this one's coming in from SIGS. Can you ask him about the pull of the lo what how much pull the locos have? Um, locals are very responsive for the most part. They're, you know, I, 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 I hope I don't offend anyone when I say this, but I always jokingly say they're a lot like, um, you know, all the guys in the locker room after football practice. You know, 
They don't want anything to do with it unless all of them do. Yeah. You know, until not until five or six guys or seven guys want something to do with it, do all of a sudden one or two more want, and then it all of a sudden it kind of creates a snowball effect. Locals tend to just be basically sitting back and responding to paper for the most part. Okay. Very similar, like I said, it, it, it helps keep it real simple if you just remind yourself that the local is very similar to the car dealership. What There's is no car dealership sitting back waiting on at, at, at your front door right now for you to come home after work, and no. they're going to try and show you three different models and, and, you know, a couple different packages that are available for you. They're basically just sitting and waiting for you to come onto their lot. Very similar to locals. They're not, they're not trying to get you to buy or sell. They've got enough to go with once you just sitting back yeah. on the lot and waiting for you to come to them. Ben, now let me ask you. We used to hear a lot of things about the muscle. What was the muscle, and is there still a muscle? Say that again? The muscle. The muscle down in the pit. What was the muscle? I mean, there used to be, you always used to hear about the muscle. Does the it muscle. ring a bell? I'm not. Ring a bell. I think it was the name, the guy's name. His, you know, they had the tag on it, MSCL or something like that. But oh, the, I don't know. All right. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. Okay. Um, how many traders are you actually looking at at the pit? So when you talk about oh percentage. god, I don't know. On a on a real busy day, a couple hundred in there. Uh, right now, there's there's probably only fifty in there. Um, you know, it thins out in the middle of the day, but on a good open, a busy open, so, solid a couple hundred. Uh, what do you think about the high frequency traders? Are, are they do they are they involved in the pit trading? Um, they influence price. They influence pit trading to a certain extent. I, I'm I'm somewhat neutral on it. I, I don't really take a major you know stance on it. I, I think that um, one thing I can tell you is that I, I think a lot of the volume that we see right now and this the, you know this high frequency type trade volume that we see isn't volume that used to be in the pit years ago and now all of a sudden has gone to the screen. You know, everybody looks around and sees the minis doing all kinds of size and then they compare it to the pit and it, people forget that, that that wasn't ever volume that was ever in the pit. So it's not a migration from pit to screen so much. It's more just that this volume has been created by, through the speed and um, reliability and consistency that the computers provide and, and that pops up in many different forms of black box type logarithmic trader. Yeah. The um, a couple more questions there. Uh, just about you're very fa- you have a very famous uh, video of the flash crash and you you broadcasting this. Someone asked me that uh, it seems like you had a real meltdown during that that time. That oh, was awesome. Yeah. It was it was one of the if not the highest energy day I've ever seen down here. I was literally jumping out of my shoes. Um, you know important to understand though keep in mind that we were in a very very quiet low volatility time leading into that and um you know my job basically is to meet communicate as i mentioned before you know one of the best things to listen for is just my job is to communicate the energy or lack thereof in the pit and on that day it was basically just my intention to communicate again that we had not seen anything like that in I don't even remember if we ever have or how long it had been since, but certainly unprecedented, you know, and that really was what I was trying to communicate, and I think it got through. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's epic. <laughs> epic, right? It was right? a lot of fun. Well, um, a couple questions from myself, actually, you know. So you do you actually call the market and trade at the same time? Yeah, I trade a little bit, but I, I don't trade that much. I trade um, maybe four or five 
six times a month max. You know, I'm not a, not an everyday trader. But you're always ready for the move that if it ha- you're in yeah, front I'm of the play. Yeah, for certain setups and stuff. Yes. Now, when we, you know, when you when you broadcast, it almost sounds like there's two people there. You know, because you go into <laughs> you, I, honestly, I swear to God, you have a split personality. <laughs> I know. I hear that all the time. I I don't. I kind of growl out the squat quote to you guys, and I, I, I jokingly say that that comes from the heart, not from the voice box. So, do you get burnt? Um, do you get burnt out at all? Yeah, I really enjoy what I do. I mean, I've been doing it for a really long time. Ever since day one, it was a lot of fun for me. More important than the fun for me is that I get these great calls from these clients, the listeners, and yeah. that's that find you know it valuable on many different levels some just on an entertainment level some you know li- really listen in to the word and base their trades on it um you know my position has always been that i i love doing what i'm going to do what i do and i'm going to keep doing it as long as they let me i make it clear to clients i don't want credit for the good ones and don't give me calls for the bad ones either yeah. you know what i mean don't credit me for the good ones or blame me for the bad ones you know guys will call me up and they say Hey, great job today, Ben. You really nailed it talking about Morgan Stanley being a buyer, and I, I made all kinds of money. This, that, and, and I was jokingly say, Hey, did you call CQG and tell them, Hey, great bar chart today or e signal? Great, yeah. great point and figure today. You know, I, I really appreciate your charting package. You made me all kinds of money. No, you know, you didn't call them. Don't call me. You know, I mean, and, and I don't mean to sound rude when I'm saying it because, like I said, I'm half kidding, but, but again, it, it really. I'm just doing my job up there, guys. I really, really am. am I'm, I'm basically communicating what you'd be seeing if you were standing there right with me. Yeah. And luckily, you guys have the benefit of kind of absorbing all that information from a very quiet, more peaceful setting. You know, don't have to deal with pushing and shoving and, you know, guys dropping the F-bomb and everything like that here and there, you know. So you really just get to kind of benefit from from the information and, and I also make it clear, to some guys it's absolutely priceless, and to others it's worthless. Yeah. You know, that, I make that real clear. We basically focus our time and energy on those that it's, that it's priceless for. You, you, see, see, you see big fights? That's always been our approach since day one. You see big fights break out in the pit? Nah, not really. Nothing, nothing. Here and there, but nothing, nothing like, you know, nothing. what you think happens. Man, well, Ben, man, you have a lot of fans out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. I love it. You have a lot of fans. Uh, we're big fans here at the radio, and I appreciate your time that you could spend with My us. My pleasure. I don't. I know you have a job to do, and you're the one man, you know, wrecking machine there. So I'll let you get the, back the to one it. One man band with the big band sound. With the big band sound. Ben, take it easy. I appreciate the time. All right, All man. Right. Thanks take, so take much. Take care, Ben. Thanks, man. Okay, take it easy, guys. Talk All to right. you later. All right, bye. Bye. Ben. Benergy. 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 That was Ben. That was it. You know? 